Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 73 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running Anthem podcast on the internet. I am your host, Steve, and I am here with my three co-hosts, Michael, Devin, and JD. Guys, what is going on today, This the day before... Wait a second. No, Anthem is supposed to be out today. Did I miss this? We, we could be playing Anthem right that now? That was just an EA problem. That was the origin mess-up. Don't worry about it. Oh, Steve. So, cause, cause it was I, just like that for a couple months, but this... Because I was yeah. like saving, like, I'm going to play after the show. I don't want to be spoiled. I'm gonna, we're going to do the show, and then I'm going to go play. So you're telling me I cannot play the game right now. Is that what you're telling me? Correct. That sucks. <laughs> Real bad. Hey. So. Well, these things happen. I don't know if these things happen all the time, but welcome, Freelancers, <laughs> to the Freelancer Codex podcast. This is episode 73. <laughs> this was supposed to be the day of the release of Origin Access Premiere, but that has changed. We heard yesterday during the live stream with Ben and Chad when they were talking about, they were talking about a lot of balance changes. They were talking about quality of life improvements to the game. And they also dropped that little detail that the game is not going to be releasing today. It's actually going to be releasing tomorrow, which just kind of sucks for a lot it's, of people. Yeah, but it does. But what can you do about it, right? Like, I, like, I'm going to tell you what you can do happen. about it. It does stink, but, but get over it, right? Like, we're going to play. It's going to be awesome. It's not going to change anything. Like, Power through. I, I, under- is half empty, I half understand full. that sentiment, but I also understand that a lot of people took today off to get in That's and play the game, thing. which mm-hmm. which kind of sucks for those people. Like, I understand the Change frustration there. Schedules. And, uh, yeah. and I know a lot of people would be like, well, get over it. It's just a video game. Well, it's like, I don't think it's any different from like someone taking the time off to go see a concert or going to go, you know, watch a sports game or anything like that. I, I mean, this is people's hobbies. This is what they do. This is the thing that they enjoy and taking that time off when, like you said before, Devin, I mean, the time has been set on Origin Access for, for months that that's when the game was going to release. I don't yep. know how you, how that's, how you miss something like that. That yeah. I, I, I well, don't, I don't I get mean, it. It's been tweeted to him. It's been talked about. It's been on Reddit. It's been on Twitter. It's been everywhere talked about multiple places. They tweeted it out even, you know. Of when you could start playing and all this stuff, and there was a confusion. No apology, but confusion. And and I guess I don't understand. Like I don't think there was confusion. I think we all knew when the game was going to come out. The confusion wasn't on wasn't on the consumer end. It was on <clears throat> the back end. So I I I don't know. This it sucks. Like I I know a lot of people are being like, calm down. It's it's fine. It's like I don't know. If, I mean. I don't think, first of all, I'm not going to tell anyone to calm down. You feel what you're going to feel. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. But for me, like, it's, it's pretty disappointing. It's, it's a really weird thing to happen, um, leading up to the release of your game. A lot of people, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts in the lead up to Anthem talking about Anthem. And one of the main things a lot of people talk about is they, they make fun of the game for how confusing it is to, like, which edition you're going to get the game and when you're actually going to be able to play the game. 
Like if you get yeah. Origin Access on Xbox, then you get 10 hours on this day. Or if you get Legion of Dawn, you get it here. Or if you get it on Origin Access Premiere, you get it here on this day. And I was like, before, I was like, come on, guys. It's really not that confusing. It's not that big of a deal. But then they <laughs> and then they go and change like the whole day. Like the day before, they kick it back. They kick it back a day. And I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, defending it before is yeah. fine. But like, I, I don't know if I can defend this decision because I don't even know what there is to defend against. I mean, it's just a really weird I mean, thing to happen the day before. I mean, the, there, there have been two things that I like, not even I can defend uh, in regards. Well, I can't even defend Bioware uh, in this case because there's, there's two things that they, that they really messed up on, at least in the, the back half of their, their marketing. And that was one, like just the, like the other confusion surrounding, like they had so many, you know, like release dates and like that, that is, that is a very legitimate point that the release dates were confusing. And then there was also just the whole thing that, um, out of all the things they chose to keep secret, uh, right up until the very end, which, uh, as of recording this right now, um, they still have not given us any indication of what the actual microtransaction prices are going to look like. It's all just up in the air. Uh, and in an otherwise transparent marketing campaign, I feel like that's a very sketchy detail to leave. Like it does not have good optics. Like I don't like I don't I can't defend how that looks. I agree. It, it seems duplicitous. Yeah, and I don't know why they just don't send out a tweet or put out a blog post saying, "Hey, you know, these are." I guess one thing we also don't know if like cosmetics have a rarity attached to them. I'm guessing if they do, like every other game that's out there, there's rarities attached to these things, so they're going to be differently mm-hmm. priced. But we don't, we haven't seen yeah. that yet, and I don't know exactly why that is. Um, like yeah. you were saying, I mean, JD, I, it's like, I, just I, tell, just tell us. Yeah, I mean, I get that they don't want to like give any numbers because they might change later. But the the earliest access version of the game comes out tomorrow. Like, if they don't know what they're going to be charging until like by now i i wow like what kind of stuff is happening over there if they don't know what the prices are they could have given us like a ballpark estimate like a week ago and i think that would have like alleviated some people's fears but the fact that they played it so close to their chest in an otherwise very transparent marketing campaign it looks bad and and rust is right in the chat he says that we're gonna find out tomorrow but i think I mean, I just, it's just weird to wait that long. And when you think about Apex and how Apex released, Apex released with very little information. There was a small leak, then a bunch of streamers got onto it, and then they're running with it. Like the first couple of weeks were super, you know, super impressive, great numbers, all this stuff was going for it. And you didn't really hear much about the cost of the cosmetics until recently there's a post talking about, you know, how long does it really take to earn a cosmetic compared to how much money you actually have to put into it? So maybe they're just saying, we'll put it out there. We'll ride the wave of the game being released and hopefully it'll get good reviews and people will really enjoy it. And they won't really talk about the cosmetic issue until after, you know, that the honeymoon period is done, I guess. So maybe that's what they're going for. They're just going to say, let's let it ride, and then we'll deal with the situation later. But I don't know if that's the best way to do it either. It's just, it 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 just feels weird. So that's all I have to say yeah. on that. Mike, do you have, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Devin. There's there's a lot of stuff, you know, that they could do. I mean, we kind of talked about it, you know, um, was it like two weeks ago when we were basically like, you know, or was it maybe even last week where it's like, they should really just, Stop talking about it and just let it rest for a little bit. Yeah. 
You know, just just let it rest. Stop stop answering every all the same questions on Twitter. Stop. You know, it's like just give it a rest. Give yourselves a rest. Focus on getting the game out. And uh, I mean, they could do a blog post with pertinent information, but they want to keep going. The problem is they keep going and they keep stumbling. You know, which is fine. Is hopefully they're learning from every live stream and and all the stuff. Is they're like, okay, we really need to focus on this. And if they don't have someone who, uh, you know, is officially like their whole job should be like, okay, this is when we launch and make sure everything <laughs> everything says that because obviously they they need that. You know, at right. least somewhere. You know, if it's community manager problem or something, somebody needs to be focused on getting the correct information out there and not. I mean. There's so many people that are saying so many different things. They didn't even know what's what's in the game, what's not in the game, what's in this launch, what's in the February 22nd launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they changed blueprints to something else, and I don't, is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. Right. It just it's confusing, you know. And they're so open, but when they're too open and they don't understand or they don't know the right answers, they shouldn't talk about it. So, do you think though if Agreed. if if they were to do that, we would just feel like oh they're not telling us anything because they they would end up if they don't know and they they say oh we can't talk about that you give that yeah. you give the answer of oh we we have nothing to say about that at this time because we as gamers don't like that either because then yeah. we feel like they're not telling us enough like like Alterian X says in the chat it says damned if you do damned if you don't so yeah. well and I, I think I think yeah. it, sorry Devin I think it was episode two or three where. We, we spoke a lot about balance, and I think it applies here also. I mean, when we were speculating about the game, what it was going to be, what was it going to have, and this is early, early, so we had all we had no idea what was going on. The thing that we always kept coming back to was balance, and I think in this case, it's it holds true for info coming out, just balance. Um, there have been great streams put out by the by our Anthem developers where we got in, we got to see brand new gameplay. Um, we got to see Ben talking about it and it was great and it was awesome. We, we loved it. And then there have been some that like this previous one, again, I don't want to beat anything up or beat anybody up, but this one felt rushed. It felt discombobulated. Last um, minute. <laughs> it felt, it did. It felt last minute. It didn't, it, it felt off. And, and again, I, I've got to assume that everybody, is just cramming to get to the to launch tomorrow you know and and maybe that's what it was maybe there were, maybe it had to be pushed back because because the store wasn't set up maybe that that they're waiting to put microtrans not waiting to put them in but setting prices and it wasn't set up yet so it wasn't ready today at three o'clock which is when i was you know, planning on playing today and it got pushed back so we don't know why it got pushed back we just know that it did it sucks um, we, we, I think we want to say that there's a good reason behind it. Um, I would hope so. And I hope there's a good reason behind it. It's not, I don't think it's going to prevent me from, from jumping in as soon as I can, you know, barring any, any loading issues. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and, and just, you know, give them a pass on this one. Not that anybody cares what I say, but I'm going to go ahead and, and just, you know, I try care. to be positive about it and go through it. And, and again, um, you know who knows why it happened, but I, I definitely but, think but it's I, I think it's better that it happened to the Origin Access premiere than the actual release of the game. 
So I, I, I would mean, agree. I, mean, I would agree that. with that because that's a huge that's a huge player base versus yeah. versus just everybody who is going on Origin Access. And so not that not that we're any less important or we're less forgiving or maybe we are more forgiving being being part of the. I think it's just because we're we're more committed by buying you know into the Origin Access premiere. Right. Um, right. So it's like, well, you know, you're getting it as a subscriber, and yeah. um, <clears throat> I mean it. It definitely, you know, I had to take a breather, you know, after that. And like I was saying, I, I couldn't watch the rest of the stream. Yeah. I was just kind of really frustrated. It's just, I mean, super excited to play it today. And then it's like, uh, nope, just kidding. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I know it's only like 17 hours difference or whatever, but that's. <clears throat> but for Devin, you know, that's that's taking two that characters was, all the way through the crit path. That was, you know, rough. <laughs> it was rough for me. It's been a we long know. couple of weeks in my life, all right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, you, and you were looking forward to it. You were looking forward yeah. to sitting down and jumping in a javelin. But I mean, not not. I mean, you can't unless unless we had Marty McFly with us, we could go back in time and fix it. But it wouldn't change anything because because I, I, I will say that I will say that we are in like the four of us are in a very interesting position in terms of overall commitment to this game that hasn't come out yet. Because yeah. I don't think we would have kept doing like. We wouldn't have done like 73 episodes of a podcast about Anthem if we weren't already invested and so at least committed to trying it out regardless of what happens tomorrow. So it's it's a very interesting point of view for us to the four of us to speak from, yeah. in, at least in regard to that. Agreed. I mean, I'm, but, I'm but that's not to say that we think that everything they do is going to be gold. No. I mean, oh, no, no. I mean, we're no. not. <laughs> We're not those guys who are getting. None of us are perfect, right? I mean, going to make right. Yeah, well, like, they've said they're going to make don't think anybody, as well, and They're going to learn from it. So I, yeah, I don't and, think any of us this... are interested in wasting the last year of our life on something terrible. So you know, mm-hmm. that would you have you have no idea what it's like to be an adult, JD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, um. Also, Mike, I'm I'm breaking bad on Alteria and say they do care about what you think, and that's why they're here. So, hey, let's do something fun since we've been kind of pretty disappointed right now. Let's do something fun on the eve of the game releasing tomorrow. We made a very cool little custom-made um, card or playing card and dice holder that we put up on Twitter, and we put it up for a giveaway. So we're going to pick a winner of that now, and to do that, I'm going to do some... Twitter magic, and I'm going to need a drum roll, and we're going to announce the winner of it's that very me. cool box. It's going to be so, me. So it's going to be me. So someone <laughs> give me a surprise. Dr- how often I win these things? We have to redo. <laughs> I know. Someone give me a drum roll, please. Give me a drum roll. <laughs> and the winner is. <laughs> okay, the winner is Chaos Prime Zero YT. Chaos Prime All right. Zero Chaos Prime. YT. Congratulations. So one Congrats, one thing I Chaos. one thing about this um, giveaway, and I and I always forget this because I'm an idiot. Okay, shipping to outside of the United States is really expensive. So I usually try to say, oh, this one's for the U.S. only. This one I didn't. So wherever this is going, this is where it's going. I'm gonna have to pay for shipping, and hopefully this person. Oh, this nice. person's in England. So that'll that'll be great. Bonus. That'll, that'll be fantastic. So congratulations, Chaos Prime, YT for living in England. So, so that's very exciting. We're gonna do a couple more of these. We have a couple more that we're gonna do. Um, I think they're a lot of fun. It looks like people really enjoy them. I mean, this is a custom made. There's not 
I mean, you can't buy these anywhere. I can't sell them because EA would probably be pretty upset with me. I'm going to start my own microtransaction store with these things in them. And then everyone will be <laughs> upset because we'll be associated with EA. So, so congratulations. Yeah. And we'll get that shipped out to you. And we'll notify them after the show. So another thing that you can do, you can also call and leave us a message at... If you want to call in the show, you can leave a voice message. If you want to complain about not being able to play the game today, you can do that at 505-386-7917. And you can save that number into your phone in case you ever want to call it and say, hey, I had this idea for, you know, this kind of quest. Or what do you guys think about? Yeah, what do you guys? (laughs) Yeah, you'll need a one. You'll need a one in front of that. I guess I always forget this. Like, you know, I just live in this tiny little state of New Mexico that, you know, who calls anyone out of the state of New Mexico? Get out more often, Stephen. I should. So the number is 505-386-7917. And if you're, if you're, I don't know, you probably, all the rates apply. So, or you can just email us at freelancercodex at gmail.com. That's easy. That's free. And you can have your emails read on the show also. Also, yeah. one other thing, I don't know if you guys know this or not, Mike, Devin, and JD, but we just got a new boss for the podcast. So we have a pa- we have a Patreon <laughs> set up and Big Face eighty uh, eight subscribe to our Patreon. So now, uh, right now, Big Face eighty eight is our boss. So whatever he says is kind of what goes. <laughs> so if he says, "Hey, you got to change your shirt," or "Hey, you got to comb your hair differently," since he's the boss, he could technically fire us and stop paying us. And oh, then man. where would we be, right? <laughs> Where would we be? So. I do want well, you to know, Steve, and I'm sure you knew this already, but New Mexico is ranked number five in size of state in the United States. I did not know that. Not, not population, but just geographically. Miles. Square miles. That's why it I takes it takes so long to get out of New Mexico. That's why it takes forever. It if you really go does. if you go left, you go right. I mean, it takes forever to get out you of the get state. Get out of New Mexico oh, in 45 minutes. I guess we just live right by the border, so it's not that hard. So, just wanted you to know that because we are quite a big state. Um, that's all. Okay, I, I, I'm I'm wondering why you wanted me to know that, but uh, well, because you said it was a small state. I mean, it's not a small. state. I mean, compared to like something I like mean, Argentina, maybe, it's pretty small. Maybe it's like figuratively Com- compared to Argentina. Well, yeah, because Argentina is small. Yeah. So we. So do you guys want to? <laughs> let's cover a little. Let's get back on track here. <laughs> and let's talk about the live stream. I mean, so Ben and Chad. Chad is actually from the live service team over all of EA. So cover. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't the best stream. I, I think Chad was a little bit nervous. I, it's really different playing a game and trying to talk while people are watching you. And I mean, it brings in yeah. a different element that if you're not used to doing that, it can really throw you off. And I think Chad was. Um, it And it wasn't. It wasn't like he was doing bad. I mean, the stream wasn't there to show like amazing gameplay, right? Gameplay, yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know why they took the controller from Chad. I'm like, what? Like, let the guy have the controller. It's not that big of a deal. We're talking about, you know. Well, he's you know, never played Storm or uh, Colossus before. Well, I need. I haven't either. So I don't fault the guy at all. <laughs> it's like you shouldn't be playing the Colossus anyway. So. A couple yeah, things that they talked about, they talked about the thousands of changes that they've made, the thousands of updates. Some of those are going to be live tomorrow. Not all of them are going to be live tomorrow. There's going to be another patch on the 22nd where everything is going to go live. So they did a lot of quality of life changes. They showed off sprinting inside of Fort Tarsus. Um, so that's going to be there. So everyone can, you know, calm down about the walking speed in Fort Tarsus because we know you're going to be able to sprint <laughs> there. They also talked about SLI support. Um, is going to be there after launch. So if you have a rig that's got dual GPUs, that's going to be accessible later, not right away. And then other big things that time they... Time to buy another GPU. Yeah, time to spend <laughs> more money. 
because you didn't spend it now already. <laughs> and Bacon Brad says, don't you dare badmouth the Colossus. I will badmouth the Colossus. The Colossus is big and it's slow and it's just, it's not as cool as the storm. So, I mean, other, other than. Steven, Steven, you pronounced Ranger wrong. Oh, sorry. It's not as cool as, it's not as cool as the, it, it really isn't as cool as the Ranger. But the storm is cooler than the okay, Ranger. They've so. updated it, right? So you have to try it again. And then, you know. I will update it. So they updated controls. They updated swimming in the water. They updated a lot of the stuff. If you're using mouse and keyboard, that's supposed to be a lot better. Um, other other than that, I mean, there's little tidbits of information, but this is all stuff that we're going to be able to try out tomorrow and actually feel for ourselves. So like reporting on, you know, the acceleration speed, I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'll I'll try it tomorrow and we'll see how it feels. But I mean, I guess I don't, it was a very weird stream. I don't I don't know if we need to spend too much time on it. I mean, did you guys even get to watch the whole thing, or did you guys just peace out once they told you that you're not going to be able to play today? Well, that no, would have been super early. I, I left after <laughs> they did that. I was like, I can't watch this. Unfortunately, I was just so like, you know, <laughs> frustrated. So I just had to like take a breather, and I was like, I can't listen to you guys right now, and. Honestly, they should have saved that for the end. I mean, they started off the live stream on like a bad note, you know. So put them already on bad footing right from the get beginning. So yeah, I mean, do you think they would it would be better for them just to drop that information at the end of the yeah, live stream? That, yeah, that would be me. I mean, we also they should have just been like, okay, we need also to, to end. We're just going to address something. There was some confusion. You know, they could have handled it better. It's like there's confusion of when the early access is going live. It's actually going live on Friday the 15th at 9 a.m. Central. And whatever time zone you're in is going to reflect that. And then just say Origin had a different time and it was a mistake. You know, but they just kind of, what? when does it come out? Nine o'clock, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I thought that like, was an interesting way to say off. it. And that's good. <laughs> because it wasn't really like, hey, guys, we're, we're sorry this happened. It was like, you know, there's confusion yeah. out there. This is actually the time. It's like, how can there be confusion? This is the only time we've heard. But I, I also don't think you say it at the end and you're like, all right, peace out. Later, guys. Because that kind of leaves a weird taste. But now we're, now we're retreading the same information. The Colossus is not cool. And the time has changed. Is that, and that sucks. So, so one thing... <laughs> So we had something very cool drop today. We had the the anthem story by Neil Blomkamp um, called Conviction. It's a live action trailer to a movie, I think, that they dropped today that that we got to show off. It's about three and a half. It's about three and a half minutes long, live action. Um, if if you don't know, Neil Blomkamp was the director of movies um, like District Nine, Elysium. Ah, oh, shoot, there's one more. Oh, Chappie. I think Chappie uh, is the other one Chappie. that he directed. Mm-hmm. Chappie. So yeah. I want your guys... He also did some Halo 3 stuff. So He did Landfall, correct? Halo Halo 3 Landfall, I think that's what he, he, he did. did. He did do He did do Halo he Landfall. Live action commercial stuff. He did... Um, I'm on the IMDb right now. He did a lot of stuff. So he has his own studio. I think it's called... Uh, shoot, what's it called? It's Oats. Oats. It's it's Oat Studio, and he's done a lot of cool short stories. I mean, it it's it's very much blending CGI with um, practical effects, and he does it very very well. A lot of really cool stuff coming out from him. I mean, they it, use uh, Unity Game Engine it, to do all that. Yeah, and it, it looked really good. 
And he really mm-hmm. reminds me of uh, Guillermo, Guillermo de Toro's style of directing and just like oh, yeah. the the visionaries that those guys are being able to picture some like the weirdest things and actually um, develop them and bring them to film to, to film. So really cool stuff. Mike, your initial impressions from Conviction. I enjoyed it a lot. I I was I was bummed when uh, there wasn't like a in theaters June twenty ninth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I thought this, this is exactly. I thought this is really cool. Um, it, and I, I was read. I read a little bit more about it. What it was. So so it happens. It's, I think the in the I watched it on YouTube. It said that um, in the comments it says that it happened decades before the story of anthem happened i think 50 so years right 50 years well that could, it's five decades i'm just semantics. being specific okay you go it just it looked really good i i liked the music the characters were interesting um i i like the way that they that the lady was telling the kid the story and you know kind of kind of giving us some history um the uh the uh the ranger grabbing the storm mid flight was cool. I, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, it's pretty sweet. It's, uh, it's in 4K also, so it's pretty. That, nice. And that was a big selling point for me. I said to myself, if this <laughs> isn't in 4K, I'm not going to watch this. But it's so it's a good thing that it was because then I got <laughs> to watch it. Um, I mean, that's what I am always concerned about. That's what I always look for. I don't touch any trailers <laughs> that aren't 4K. Like what I, is this trash? Get it out. Uh, what is this? Get it this <laughs> off of my computer screen. You don't get to watch. I enjoyed it. Really I enjoyed garbage. it a lot. It was really cool. <laughs> Go check it out. Um, I, I hope there's more. There is going to be more. Um, so so I'm excited to see it. It's cool. JD, initial impressions. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Um, like the way how the javelins looked in action. In the uh, in the short story, short film sh- trailer, I um, they looked incredible. I like I, I basically I had a lot of the same reactions that a lot of people did, which is basically like as soon as I as soon as I found out that like this had no indication that this was immediately going anywhere, I was supremely disappointed. Like I I want this to be like a short like a short series or like, like an actual like short movie. Cause I would pay to see this. It looked really good. Um, I'm very interested cause it, it seems like we just hit all the high points of that story. Like if it was like a full, like a full, like hour and a half movie or a two hour movie, like it hit all the points that we would have hit in the trailer, but without giving any like spoilers, I guess for like some of the finer points, like, Oh, who is a girl? Oh, why are these guys fighting? You know, I loved it. I want to see more of it. Hopefully we get it. De- I mean, Devin, they, have- they did film more, right? So they filmed 10 minutes worth. And uh, <laughs> if you look into the stuff, it's online about how much, you know, he wrote them two 10-minute scripts and then they had to narrow it down. And then they're like, it's only three and a half minutes. And he's like, we have to shoot extra because we don't know what's going to get cut. And so – believe they shot like 10 minutes worth of stuff and then they cut it down into that basically super sample of three and a half minutes. And they even said, you know, if, if people like it, you know, we'll make an extended trailer or make an extended version of it. And, uh, cause that's what they do. You know, he's all about that. And, and, uh, he's able to do that really quickly. 
But um, I thought it was really good. You know, I definitely, there's a lot of things, you know, just like we've talked about in Halo in the past, like this is easily can be go into a series and could be made into a movie. And there's so much potential for Anthem for the IP that, you know, they're just, so, like, just, just fund it. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, th- yeah. I don't think there's, do they, there's got to be way it. more than 10 minutes that they actually shot. Because if you look at the costumes that they built, I mean, a lot of this stuff was practical effects. I mean, they were filming in Spain. They were filming in Hawaii. I, I don't think you spend all that money or you get all that money from EA or whoever funded. I don't know if it's like money from Bioware or if it's money from EA marketing to only film 10 minutes of these things to have those javelins that looked, that looked amazing. Like, I don't know how much of that was practical, how much of that was, you know, done in with computers at the in end post. because it's, because it's blend, it blends so seamlessly it, it, it's, it's that seem, it's hard yeah, to see seamless. it. But one of the things that, so. When IMDb put up um, two new names back in November up on their page, like I started researching who these people were. And so mm-hmm. Bozen Hadawi was actually listed as Trey on IMDb. So I looked him up online and I was able to find him on Facebook. And I reached out to him and started talking to him. And at first I was like, I don't even know if this is the real guy or not. Because that's kind of weird that they, <laughs> you know, were pretty open and talking to me. So I got to talking to him on, on Facebook and he sent me pictures of the, of the, sh- of the shoot, him standing by some of the guys dressed up in black. And he was, so Bozen is the, actually the person that the monitor stands over and grabs his head yep. and looks like he's starting to read his memories or suck something <laughs> yeah. out of his brain. So that's the actor that I was talking to. <clears throat> And he was saying that they've actually filmed this a long time ago. So it's been in production for a long time. And hopefully there's more to come. I mean, as I was watching this and I knew, okay, there's a short coming out. I was waiting for the, okay, this is where the story of the short starts. Okay. And, you know, after each scene goes by, you're like, okay, so is this the story where it starts? Nope. Yeah. It's like, okay, this what? is actually just a trailer. But then it leaves, gives you the feeling of like, okay, it's the trailer for what though? Because they keep telling us, you know, this thing's coming out. It's going to be amazing. It's like, but it's just a trailer. We need more. Like, it, <laughs> And I think that's the purpose that Neil was going for. It's like, look, I'm going to leave everyone wanting more that they're just going to have to force me to make this movie because everyone wants it done. I mean, right now, you could probably go on Kickstarter, right? And let's kickstart this thing. Let's put up a page. Yeah. Let's throw yeah. all the money at it. I mean, let's get this thing made. Like, I would love to see this story. I mean, right now. So this is something that uh, this is something that uh, your anthem William uh, pointed out. Uh, but this money, well, the the budget, the uh, the money that they got for the budget for this film probably came from EA's like marketing budget for this game, which is like why they only have like like even in the statements that he gave to Entertainment Weekly, he says that they only really had enough uh, like budget for like three minutes of like film or anything like that and which like why he has like 10 minute script like made people like very like okay why are you doing this um i think like if i think if there's a huge enough demand like there's a very good chance that something could happen after this because this wouldn't be the first time that ea has done like cross promotional like especially visual media like i think they did like an anime for mass effect they did another anime for dragon age they did like multiple films for dead space uh, and then let's not forget that weird Dante's Inferno one. Uh, <laughs> well, I never do. That's the last thing I think about when my head hits the pillow. Remember Dante's <laughs> Inferno? Wasn't that a oh. Pierce Brosnan movie? 
Yes, it was a Pierce Brosnan movie, and there people boil it alive in the hot springs. That's exactly what it was. Isn't that what that was? That's uh, that is that's a dip. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, I have been just plagued with so much time on my hands. Okay, just wait. No, wait. Just hold on. Just hold on. I have another point before you go. If if (laughs) if all the if all the marketing was made. All the money went here to get this thing made. Do you think it actually does a good job selling the game? Yes or no? Oh, I think it does a good job of selling a movie. The IP. Yeah, I think it, I think it did a better job of selling the series. Yeah. So now it's kind of like the game has to live up to that trailer, right? right. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, because we have some a little bit of the story, and um, the trailer is really good, and it's like, okay, will, will the game live up to this? Has nothing to do with the you know short that they put out because um, it happened a long time ago. But hopefully, there's some tie-ins with information there, you know, from the past. And mm-hmm. hopefully, Bioware can do what they do best and give us a great story. And we're gonna have a great time. And yeah. I think one of the coolest things that it does, like the visuals that Conviction portrays, like <laughs> action happening inside the fort. Which is something that I don't think we ever thought would happen in the game. Because if you're the only person in the fort, you're not in your javelin, you assume that during the critical path, that that kind of action doesn't happen there. But seeing that on screen, it makes it feel like, okay, this place is actually lived in. So seeing whatever the lady's name with the blue thing all over her head on the top, like it definitely gives you a more of a sense that this is more of like a fantasy universe, like fantasy sci-fi, which I really, really yeah. like. So those were those yeah. were the points I wanted to make. I mean, I hope this generates a lot of buzz and gets the movie made. I'd rather just get the movie made because that's really what I want to see because I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, EA, Bioware, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Like, so like Mike was saying, if you have lots of time, or even if you don't have a lot of time, but you enjoy reading and you can't ever find the time. You're not going to let me do this? No, you go for it. I, you go. I, I prep for this and you're not going to let me do oh, this? Oh, you prep? Go. Hey, Mike. <laughs> Mike, do you, do you ever find yourself with a lot of time on your hands? Steven, I find myself with a, with an inordinate amount of time <laughs> on my hands. I'd appreciate it if you stopped laughing in the background. <laughs> Sponsors but you know like what? This. One of the things that I like to do when I have time on my hands, because although I have time on my hands, um, I usually have kids in my hands also playing with my kiddos and and doing things with them. And so I, my hands aren't free to to turn the pages of a book. So what I like to do is I like to listen on Audible. Oh, there's the point of what he was saying. <laughs> 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 I like to listen on Audible and um and through Freelancer Codex at audibletrial.com slash freelancer codex, you can get a free 30-day trial when you sign up with over 18,000 100 This is why we don't know when the game releases. We can't even do numbers. <laughs> this was the confusion. I'm I'm oh, working no. here. Right, Audible books to choose yeah. from. Oh. Um, the the possibilities are endless. There's tons of stuff out there. Um, there's a book um, called Spellmonger, written hey, by Terry Moncourt. I actually narrated just, by John Lee. I actually just had that book. This is a book in about a very long series. I think there's about ten books planned right now. I think seven are out. This is actually book one. It's a great fantasy book. Um, it's not high fantasy. 
but it's a great take on the fantasy genre that uh, it's low fantasy. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> medium <laughs> fantasy. It's so like not high. So there's fantasy. like a stockbroker who walks to work and he just like dreams of one day where he can bike to work. So it's like low fantasy. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So it's written by Terry Manicor, narrated by John Lee. It's a really fun read. I recommend it. I hope everyone um, goes out and checks it out. And like it, like Mike said, audibletrial.com slash freelancer codex. It actually helps out the show. You don't have to keep the subscription if you want to cancel it. After you get your free credit, you can do that. But you get to keep the book forever. So it's really a win-win for us and a win-win for you. So I guess that's a win-win-win-win. So... Audible.com, audibletrial.com slash freelancer codex. But, but, the most, but the most important win is when does the game go live? Tomorrow morning. <laughs> nice segue. In less than 12 hours. Paul Blart taught me. <sighs> Steve, don't we have a new segment that we are trying out now? We do have a new segment, guys. We got a lot of emails because I told people, you better email into the show or else we're not going to have a show. And they did. So we got a bunch of emails and we're going to read them. And I, we got to come up with a name for like when we get your emails. What? How about we just call it the What's Your Name segment? And we'll have Nick Terabay lead us in and then we'll read some emails. So Nick, take it away. What's your name, darling? Savannah. Samantha, go for it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Our first email. Our first email is from Judd Howdy Shell, um, and it reads, Hello, freelancers. This is your favorite storm operator, Judy Cudd. Reporting in. I had to look at the names to make sure they were close. My question is based on the content release roadmap. We've also um, I, this uh, picture. It was noted that March's content release includes guilds. What specifically would you like to see Bioware make available for guilds? Any specific perks? A, customi- a customizable guild social area? For me, the inclusion of guilds would be an, would not only be the inclusion of guilds would only be important if there was some reason to actually be in a guild. Devin, quit interrupting. Otherwise, <laughs> if it is just to have a glil- a guild, I hate reading. This is why I use Audible, so that the books can be read to me. Because when I can't read, I need Audible.com. Remember, that's audibletrial.com slash freelancer codex. For me, this inclusion of guilds would only be important if there was some reason to actually be in a guild. Otherwise, if it is just to have a guild tag beside my username, then it seems like a wasted opportunity. Thanks for your time, Judy Cud, aka Jud, House of Cud. He's got a lot of well, titles. Does have a lot of titles. He must be in a Game of Thrones. Um, Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Chains. All right, all right, all right. We know, we know. JD, what do you think? What do you think about guilds? Oh well, I mean, like uh, first thing I'd like to see uh, at the very least some guild uh, emblems that you can put on on top of any vinyls or customization that you have, like something that doesn't interrupt or necessarily disrupt um, the general look that you're going for. I know some people like to do the whole guild, like, you know, uniform colors thing. I've never really liked that too much. I believe in individuality. Um, the other thing is um, she mentions it in, um, or he, she, he, I, I don't know. He, he? okay. Uh, he mentions it in the, so on the uh, discord, JD, customizer- come there more often. <laughs> I, I try to. I try to. Uh, uh, the customizable guild social area, uh, I am very much a fan of those. Uh, 
uh, Warframe has some pretty cool clan dojos, and I think if Anthem was able to replicate some of that or even make something similar to that, that would be great. Um, because at least in, uh, in Warframe, it's not just a social area. There's actual purpose to it. Like it's some, it's a place where everybody in the guild can like donate and like accumulate resources together that the guild can then use to develop items, uh, unique, uh, to the guild, not super unique, but like it's only available to people who have guilds with a certain amount of members and standing and resources, um, that, you know, make things, not necessarily easier, but like you get access to some higher tier weapons and that sort of thing by being in part of a larger group. So I think if they did something like that, that'd be wicked cool. Wicked awesome. So I think <laughs> how, I was thinking about guilds and like if you, if you do a guild system that rewards larger guilds, like I guess I've never liked that system because if you if you can't get into a larger guild or if you don't have a large you know player or a group of friends that you play with, then you kind of are just never going to get those high tier perks. So yeah. I I don't know what the real I don't know what the best answer to this system is because when I was thinking about it, I was thinking you know it'd be cool to have a banner, but then can you customize your banner? Like, do you get a bunch of preset icons to make your banner with? Because then you just have, oh, here's a dragon, and here's some bars, and now you can change the colors. Like, I, I guess that's cool, but then it's not, I mean, then it's not really your banner, I guess. But then where do you hang that? Do you hang it in the fort when you're in when you're in the fort? Do you hang it from your strider? Do you hang it, like, where, I don't, I guess I don't know what the purpose of the guild would be. Unless, I, think the I mean, what, what would the it? the guild is just to play, have people you can play with, and that's it. But well, I mean, that's what it sounded like to me from what they were talking about, like just having a large group of people that you can log on and be like, oh, who's online from the guild? And we can play. It's kind of like uh, in Halo 5, they had the Spartan teams or whatever where right. so, you I mean, have like 100 people and you just send invites to people in your guild. Or so it's just a yeah. friends list. And it's it, it's worth it's worth clarification that in like things like Warframe, it's not that like you can't access things if, unless you have a guild this size. It's just a matter of you just are able to accumulate the resources faster because faster. you have more people. But the whole thing is that the development time of these items is still the same. It's like three days for most of the items. I know because I don't really play Warframe with other people. I play it by myself. I've been, I have a dojo all by myself and I've accumulated the same amount of resources as any other clan. Black belt in his own dojo. Yeah. Okay. So when, when, <laughs> I, when I think of a guild though, I think of people that you University. actually know, people that you play with. When you get to a certain amount of people who are like, well, I don't even know everyone in this guild. Is that something that, that matters or something that shouldn't matter? It doesn't matter if you don't know this guild member. You have the same, you're in the same guild, so you can go do missions together. I mean, at what I point? Think that's personal are you, preference. But at, at what, that point, at what? what point are you just joining a guild just to join a guild and get perks though? I mean, there has to be something different there that actually makes it worth it to you other than, Oh, if I join this guild, I'm going to get more coins because a bunch of people are playing here. Or I could go join this guild with my four friends. We don't play as much. We don't put in as many hours. But there has to be a benefit for a small four-person guild and like a hundred-person guild. Or else it just seems like when you did it in Halo 5, you could join a hundred-person guild. And depending on how everyone did, you got like a super high-tier reward that no one else is ever going to be able to get if they were in a small small guild. It just wasn't going to happen. I I forget what it even was. It was like some piece of armor. I think that you yeah. could get. Mm-hmm. So, so 
So what incentive do you make it to where you're like, oh, I want to be in a guild and it doesn't matter what size of guild it is? I think it's just uh, I, really, I mean, I don't know what they're going to put in there, but it basically just sounded like, you know, a big, a larger friends list that you can have an expanded friends list of not just the regular people you play with. And for me, I I enjoyed having that because it was like, okay, I'm I'm online. Nobody else is online yet that of my normal friends. So I would just look, you know, <laughs> in the clan friends. system, you know, <laughs> normal. I, I just you have can all see these, me, I'm making air quotes. Right? Normal. I just have all these abnormal friends. <laughs> yeah. My non-normal everyday friends. <laughs> um, where it's just like, oh, we're part of the same clan or guild or whatever. So like, oh, send out invites and then we would send messages. We're going to try and do these things on this stage. If you want to play, jump on in and we'll get everybody grouped together. And we're all focused on the same things, you know. So if they have, you know, maybe with the weeklies and the monthlies, it's like, hey, we're, you know, where you could send out messages to your guild and say, on these days, we're going to gather together. If you guys want to jump in, we're all going to work on these, you know, objectives. And maybe they have guild objectives, you know, that you can do and get customizable, you know, gear or different things, you know. That would make sense, at least. That would be something to go for together as a group. Yeah, so it's like, okay, you got to kill a million grabbits. That would suck, of course, because it would take forever. But um, Well, and then you're killing grabbits. But but collecting resources. I mean, collecting resources, shooting scar. So um, many missions, so many strongholds. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. With at least one member of the guild. I mean, you know. So it could could be done. I didn't like Destiny 2 where they were just like, it rewarded everybody for just doing one thing. I mean, that was all right, but then it just never gave you any incentive to try and do those things. Um, so I think if they have, like, guild, you know, challenges, it need to be something that's going to take a little bit of time and not, not going to be done right away so that even if you're a small guild, you can still work towards it. But, you know, maybe don't make it so insurmountable that you just give up if you're a small guild, you know. And I think there needs to be an easy way to request, like if you see someone out in in the area and they've got a guild tag, you need to be able to go up to them, view their character, and like be able to access information about their guild while you're talking to them. Because otherwise you're like, oh, look, there's there's a person from a cool looking guild name. I want to be able to talk to them and figure out how I can join that. And if you can't do that in game, I think it kind of gets... It's like, okay, now I have to go online. I have to search for this guild online. Are they on Facebook or, you know, where are they at? So I think. Yeah, that's already too many steps. Right. It needs to be easily accessible from in the game. I don't know how you do that, though. Or because then you have people like. There has to be, there has to be an an inspect player option. And, and I bet, because I I don't believe that's coming at launch, but it's, it's got to be something that's coming, you know. So I would assume that we could look for that, especially as guilds get bigger and that mechanic gets more ironed out and more finalized. There, I mean, there has to be an inspect option. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and you can have, you know, with leaderboards, maybe they have guild leaderboards, you know, as well. Or it's like, hey, we're going to make a run at the leaderboards. We want to team up this week, you know, and try and work on these strongholds or whatever yeah. uh, that they're doing. And just fun little things that you can do, you know, if guild you can send messages out to your members just be like hey this is what we're going to try and do and just it's going to be i think in the beginning at least it's going to be a lot of create your own activity type thing is my guess so yeah well thank you judy for for the email we really appreciate it devin will you take this next one please 
I would, but I have to open up the page. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you have to open hey. up the page. You want me to take it? I can take it. Yeah, you you go okay. ahead. I mean, I can, from... I can also take it. You got you got the last one there, JD. You get the page ready for the last one. So Doka says, hey guys, when <laughs> Anthem becomes a huge hit, I like the positivity here, when Anthem becomes a huge hit, we'll find out tomorrow. We'll find out in less than 12 hours if it's a big hit or not. So, or Oh my goodness to, gracious, less than 12 hours. I know. So maybe I gotta brush my teeth. Go do it. Maybe it will open <laughs> up the door for other great PvE co-op games with an ever-growing story that isn't complicated with PvP balancing. What do you think? So this is an interesting question. Is Anthem going to be successful enough that it's going to spawn clones or copycats of itself? Um, this is kind of an interesting question. I was thinking of this because we already have some games out here. Like we, we think about Division. We think about Destiny. Those are looter shooters. We think about Diablo, Borderlands. Um, I think the. I don't know if we can fully compare those because they all kind of have a PvP aspect. I mean, Borderlands and Diablo don't. They're probably closest to what Anthem is going to be, but I don't. I don't know if if just having like a PVE co-op game is really something that's so widely different, like a battle royale, or that it's going to spawn copycats from it. I mean, I guess I I don't think that there's going to be a huge rush of people to say, "All right, we're ditching PVP." We're going to go full multiplayer, um, critical path, um, live service games, and we're going to develop from there. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of games just stepping up to the plate and trying to do that. I just look to Anthem being that great game, that great PVE co-op game with an ever growing story that isn't complicated with PVP balancing. Like, like let Anthem just grow and, and be that game that we all want it to be. I'm I sold on the idea of javelins and exosuits because then when when something else comes around, it's I mean they're gonna have to do a twist or a spin on that, and I'm like eh, and like how close? Because you don't want games that are exactly alike, right? So so then how do you just let Anthem be that that ever changing, growing story game? That's what I, I'll support. Well- uh, I, I was just I was just gonna say like the the thing that's got well when I was thinking about this email earlier today when I was you know uh, filling out our little show notes and stuff was the fact that so when video games as a medium first popped up there wasn't a lot of uh, like st- story was like we didn't really have like much story going on in um, you know things like like some of the really old games like you know Super Mario like there was a story but it wasn't like to the level there is now. And I, I think we're seeing story get attached to multiplayer as well. And so I kind of hope that Anthem is the beginning of, like, it shows that you can attach a a well-written narrative to a, a, a multiplayer game that isn't something like an MMO, you know? Um, and I, I think that especially like for Bioware games moving forward, especially like something like the next Dragon Age, where uh, they have they've said that it's you know still going to have a single player experience. There are going to be live service elements to it. Um, however, like in a game like that, where it's also going to have multiplayer as well, considering that you know the last uh, title in the series uh, had multiplayer. Uh, like imagine if you got both games, like you got a strong single player experience that you can enjoy on your own that takes place in one part of the world. 
like in that narrative. And then you have a strong multiplayer experience like PVE, not necessarily PVP, something just like Anthem, where it just takes place in a different part of the world with different characters. Like it's like they're in the same uh, narrative setting, but like in two different areas. And you can have both a strong narrative experience in single player and multiplayer. And replayability is just basically up to like which one you prefer more. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if there's that much of a distinction between the single player and multiplayer in Anthem, because really, like single player, you can play you can play it alone, or people can jump in there with you. Like I, I guess I don't see the game as well. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I what I'm saying is that for future titles, like we're talking about the effect that Anthem could have on other titles in the future. With something like Dragon Age, where the multiplayer and the single player were distinct, like I could see something like that happening. I'm not saying that it's distinct in Anthem. I'm just saying that well, if we prove you can have a strong PvE multiplayer experience, that it could bleed over into other franchises, other uh, other titles, especially Bioware, because Bioware loves to reuse old uh, old assets wherever they can. Right, but I, what I'm saying is I don't know if Anthem has like made such a distinction in its genre, that it's different from everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know that PUBG came out, they made Battle Royale super popular, then Fortnite came in, then Apex came in. I mean, you can say that, you know what, these games are Battle Royales. Like, if you look at Anthem, I mean, we still put it into the looter-shooter category, right? Like, Division, like, Destiny. So what, Mm -hmm. I I guess, what, what makes it different enough that other things can be spawned from it, I guess is is what I'm thinking. And you're right, it could be that, you know, the story will still continue because in like Destiny and Division, like those stories stop until new expansions come out. But I mean, maybe it's just a different way of them doing post-release content. Maybe that's the thing that people will catch on to that, hey, we can't do like a Destiny release schedule. We have to do something more like Anthem to where it's monthly um, we're updating story more constantly. I mean, maybe that's the thing that is going to change for the uh, shooter looters, and that's what Anthem's going to bring to it. Because otherwise, we're just... Yeah. I, I guess that's the only difference I see right now in Anthem compared to other looter shooters, is that the way that they're going to release content in the future. Well, I, I think it, it kind of comes back to the what, what some of the stuff that they were talking about at the PAX panel, which was, you know, the... Uh, our world, your story, or our world, my story, whichever, how you want to say it. Right. Uh, but the, I think the thing that kind of sets Anthem apart is that they're attempting to do something that other multiplayer games have kind of tried but never really succeeded at that, which is basically making a, uh, a series or making a multiplayer experience that responds not only to individual player choices but player choices as a crowd. Um, and, like, the whole thing is that, like, I believe they said in the PAX panel that, like, some of the choices of the player player base would affect the world but the like the only ones that affect like your story are the ones you make in Fort Tarsus so I think like the whole thing is that like bringing I, I consider it a little bit innovative in the fact that they're bringing their innovative Bioware storytelling to a multiplayer thing which is they've had multiplayer in Bioware games before they've just never combined the two and I don't know if that's going to make a huge industry-wide change it probably won't not in the same way of like battle royale but i do feel that it will make at least a small change just in the way how bioware bioware makes games in the future you know yep i think they're going to learn a lot from this and carry it forward 
Devin, you have any quick comments on this before we move on to our last email? Uh, no. I all right. It's all kind of been said. So. Very good. JD, will you take this last email from Maxime? Yes. Uh, so French. it says, <laughs> I mean, do you want me to do a French accent? And no, no, not really. Anger our listener? No. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, dear Freelancer Codex crew. It's been a while, but we're finally here nearing the launch of Anthem. I've been following the podcast since November 2018, so I'm still new around. But so far, I've enjoyed all your debates about our beloved game. As food for thought, I have a few questions in case you already answered them in previous podcasts. Because I haven't listened to all of them, please forgive me for this offense. Not oh, forgiven. No oh, we are merciful. Uh, following the release of Neil Blomkamp's uh, live-action trailer, short film, whatever, let's be honest, it looks more like more, it looks more to a very high-quality trailer than anything else. What are your expectations for third-party produced content for Anthem, aside from the already announced comics? It can be books, a web TV series, a full movie. And if yes, on what should it be about? You got another live stream yesterday. Any quality of life change? Let's, let's answer that, that question first, and then, and then we'll oh, go okay. on. Because he's got a couple questions right. here. So we'll answer this first one first. We'll let Devin go. Um, what his thoughts are on third-party content, I guess, coming out from Anthem. Um, yeah, I think they could definitely have a lot more of that uh, content. I mean, they have the comics coming out, right, soon-ish. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely I think the IP, like we've talked about, has a lot of potential and a lot of places it can go. And if they just spend the money and have a – you know, a whole department focused on this stuff. They could make books, they could make movies, TV shows, all kinds of stuff. So. And I think the the trailer that we saw earlier today is kind of like a proof of concept that it can be done yes. really well and that people uh-huh. will want it. So let's get this Kickstarter rolling. So I, And I, I think what the story I want to know most about is the uh, Helen of Tarsus story. Um, when we, the people were subjugated, when the Urgoth were keeping the, the humans down, whoever those people are, and whatever that conflict is. I would like to know more about that story. I'm probably, I'm sure we're going to get more of that tomorrow. As we go through the critical path, we'll probably learn more about the Legion of Dawn. But I would really like to focus on that era because it's it's set 500 years in the past that it's it's not really going to affect the our story, but knowing more about it I think would be really interesting. You, wait, 50, right? Or, or is that the comic that's 500? No, so Helena of Tarsus, uh, they founded Fort oh. Tarsus 500 years before the game starts. The trailer that we got today was 50 years um, from when the game starts. So they're, they're a little okay. bit in, a, in the past from what we saw today. Mike, do you have anything that you would like to see? Any uh, media that you would like um, worked on? Just expansion on the stuff that we've seen. Um, uh, like I said, I don't read a whole lot. So if, so if the comics can come to Audible... You can check that out at um, <laughs> audibletrial.com slash freelancer codex. Um, but I, I like I like the visual medium. Um, it could be fun. And I'm a really good extra. I could make a like a frightened face, you know. Ah! So Sorry, are you like so, you know. are you are you auditioning right now? Is that what that was? <laughs> that that's what that was. That was my frightened face. So that was um, his if you need me. Video. If you need me, you got me. Uh, but I like I like the visual medium. I think that could be fun. I would watch a, I think I would watch an anthem themed movie. 
So. You think you would? I would buy out a whole theater and invite people to come watch it. <laughs> you could be there. All right, JD, what's the next question here from Maxim? Uh, we got another live stream yesterday. Any quality of life change compared to the demo you're excited about? I like the Michael Bay denial slider, a.k.a. screen shaking slider. Thank you for that joke. Personally, uh, this way Devin will not make me feel like my monitor is about to tear itself apart the next time we happen to play together. <laughs> now, is he referring to his computer monitor or like the monitor monitor? No, his computer monitor. When we were playing on PC and uh, we were just jumping through different characters uh, once they unlocked that for us in the VIP demo. And uh, yeah, I mean, like he would be run right into battle and Unload the ultimate right there where he was standing, <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, "Incoming!" And it just you know, because even it shakes my screen, but I'm like, "Whatever, I don't care. It's cool." So nice. I think the one thing but I'm excited definitely destroy his screen. <laughs> I th- I think the one quality of life change I'm excited for and I haven't seen yet is the swimming. Because um, I was playing on I was playing on PC, but I was using a controller, so I didn't have a lot of the controlling mouse and keyboard issues that everyone else had. Because I just plugged mm-hmm. in my Xbox One controller and it works, so you can do that, and it's super simple. So I'm excited for the for that being able to swim underwater without getting sick. That's what I'm most excited about. <laughs> JD, I was you, just fine. I swam just fine. JD, do you have nice. quality of life improvements from the Xbox that you're going to be bringing over? I mean, really, you handled it with the uh, the swimming. Uh, swimming wasn't great in the demo. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I've been looking forward to the underwater aspects of the game for a while. So I was a little disappointed that the swimming didn't exactly feel the way it should. So I'm looking forward to how that is now. Right on. So last question from Maxim. Uh, if there were to be melee weapons added to the arsenal post-launch, which are the ones you would like to see the most in the game? You can give the Colossus the big Morgan Stern so he can smack people in the face. Granted, he already does that. Um, Don't everybody answer at once. I'll answer. I'll, I'll go first. So one thing that I would like to see... So I'm not going to say swords because that's obvious. Everyone, we we need to have swords in there. But I think it would be really cool if the Colossus actually had a smaller shield and had bucklers, like a left and a right buckler that he could bring together when he puts up the shield. And he can use those to smash people. And then you could just have really cool designed um, double bucklers, one on the left and one on the right side. So, yeah, it could be like big old giant brass knuckles like uh, Dropkick Hoonigan says in, in the chat. So I think that would be really cool, and they could be visually different and distinctive so that you know, like, hey, man, check out these shields I got. Because if if we cannot change the shape of the Colossus shield, I'm going to be super disappointed. I mean, we've got to be – there's got to be, like, something in there, like some cosmetic that we can buy or purchase that's going to change launch. the shape. And yeah. even if it's not at launch, I, it's got to come out in the future because you can't just have that shape the whole time. You've got to be able to change it up the way that thing looks. That's so right. th- yeah. Those are my suggestions. Um, personally for me, um, I love a good old fashioned battle axe. Uh, I feel like that would be very appropriate for something like the Colossus. Uh, if we were to have any kind of, uh, melee for that, I think it could also work for a ranger. Uh, maybe not a, maybe not like a great axe, but more like just a normal, like blade on one side battle axe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree on the shield comment though. I'd go with dil- different elemental maces. 
Um, again, I'm going to main the ranger. So give me some, give me one of each of the elements, you know, to be able to just to tweak my loadout just that much more. It comes with a shock mace. And so a fire mace and a, uh, a uh, poison mace, although that could get dicey. If you equip it, are you constantly being poisoned? Hmm. The real <laughs> questions. <laughs> so, but I mean, but, but I would like something like that. I would like something simple. Um, so- Alterian X in the chat suggests uh, size or Tonfa for the interceptor and a uh, chocolate oh, for the cool. storm. So I th- and I think these are that'd the ideas cool. that are going to continue funding the game in the future, right? These are the yep. things that we're going to spend money on. So if they want to make the money, they got to start putting these things in here because there's only so many times we're going to buy. Well, we don't even know what we're going to buy. We don't know if we're going to have to buy like diamond be plate a lot of things textures on there. So you yeah, buy all the that. things. So, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what the monetization um, system is in the game. I'm excited to go in and see. Mike Gamble said that they're going to give a bunch of people gold at the beginning. He says, you know, play around for a bit. Don't go spending all your coins all at once. So he says, play the game, find out what you like, and then go into the store. So, <laughs> yeah, Devin. He said he's got his credit card I, ready. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> credit card ready. Credit card ready. Yeah, Can you zoom in and see those numbers uh, on your card? Can you turn it over? As far as what I would like to see, since you know you moved on without me, I just figured you didn't want to see, see anything. Yeah, Devin, what would you like? What to would see? you like to see? Uh, so uh, I think tomahawks would work great. And that's the end of our segment today. We <laughs> Welcome, appreciate Felix. everybody for coming in with us. You shut your mouth when you talk to me like that. <laughs> uh, Sorry, there's a shaper okay. storm coming. Yeah. Cataclysms on the horizon. Um, no, I think tomahawks would work great. Obviously, I, you know, because I'm going to main the interceptor, so their melee weapons have to be a little bit differently. They can't be as large of a melee weapon because it needs to be. Says fast who? And well, you don't want to double, you know, dual weld axe or <laughs> huge giant great sword. Says who, Devin? <laughs> Says... Uh, you, you don't tell me what my who... interceptor wants. <laughs> I tell you what all interceptors I mean, wants. when you look at all those, like, the Korean MMO games, I mean, they've got these massive swords, giant wings, like, no one yeah, can ever hold fake. two weapons. So, I mean, real. fair yeah. enough. We're like... <laughs> we're Lorax and he speaks for the interceptor. Yeah, there's no microchips, but we can... No, I think, I, think it'd be, I think it'd be fine. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen it a lot, you know, where they have huge great swords and they're just spinning around and going crazy and doing this. They would work fine. I just would prefer to see smaller stuff. And even, you know, where like right now the blades just appear out of nowhere. And so I would love if they would actually, you know, and I don't have the thing toggled to show the gun, you know, turn off the weapons, but. Um, <laughs> oh, I do. Know, I would like to, I, I would like it to be able to see like the blades on the legs or somewhere where like actually, actually grabbed them before. It's not just magically blades in my hand. They're not just there slicing. all of a sudden. Well, magazines just <laughs> magically appear out of our backs. So there's that. Yeah. Hammerverse. So. <laughs> but anyway. going to buy it all. So. Well, we, buy it we all. should buy it all. Well, so, then, then this, buy all mine too, send-off. then. No, I... Uh, and I, and I have I'm, a send-off here. We do have... Oh, go for it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it says, hopefully, I'll see you guys in the game by the end of February. Shout out to CAGS. Uh... Is it Phaedrin or Phaedrin? Yep, Phaedrin. <laughs> Fudrin. Phaedrin. I'm going to call him Fudrin from now on. That'll call him Phaedrin. Hey, Fudrin. You won't be able to call him anything because he'll be talking the whole time. Phaedrin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And everyone else from your local French bug boy. Bug Squad represent. Cheers, sir. Try to pronounce it correctly. I dare you. Well, now I have to. Uh, it's Maxime Canuck? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Canuck? Nope. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll go. Both we'll, the we'll, are we'll, silent. Yeah. Anna. <laughs> we'll go we'll go to French class later, but freelancers, we have enjoyed this time with you on episode seventy three of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the last episode before the game goes live. We've enjoyed most of it. Um and this, 10 I mean, hours, I mean this is it. Uh next episode we'll have hands on. We will probably most try to path already. And most of us. We will talk about, we'll do an overview next episode. We will not do spoilers until the back half of the show. We'll warn people before we dive into spoilers. And don't we'll probably watch just. YouTube channel tomorrow. Yeah, don't watch YouTube. We're going to be, Devin's going to be streaming early. So, I mean, this is, this, this is it. It's finally here. And we're going to find out if we spend a year, um, covering the game that's going to be awful. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but you never know. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. I've been doing this for like almost two years now. Yeah, it's almost been two years. Feels like a longer time. But guys, if you want to become our boss, you can go over, always go to patreon.com slash freelancer codex and hey, chip in a buck. For $1, you get four episodes. That's 25 cents for, you know, an hour and a half of commentary and just regular shenanigans from the Steven freelancer codex. sells so. us for cheap. Obviously. I do. <laughs> the show will always be free. If you, if it puts you in any way out, uh, financially, don't do it. So it'll be free. We'll always be here for you to listen to and to yell at and say, man, those guys have some really stupid ideas. Cause we kind of do sometimes. I mean, sometimes you give tomahawks to an interceptor, whatever. It's Devin's interceptor. <laughs> so he can do what he wants. So guys, until next time, there is a shaper storm on the horizon and we'll see you tomorrow. Jealous of my tomahawks. I have a button that I gotta push. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at MLamson25, at Neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. <laughs>